0: But today I want to share about that following Jesus is more than amazing, absolutely beyond what we could imagine as amazing. And I, I, when I think about this, I look around and I really believe that most people have settled for just the ordinary and common in life. They just have just kind of, maybe one time as a child or a young adult or something, they were dreaming of living an extraordinary life. But somewhere along the way, things happened, and we begin to settle for that common, the ordinary, and sadly, we even become okay with that. We just resign to that. Unfortunately, there are other people who they can't even picture ordinary. Their lives feel so broken, they're filled with pain and heartache and disappointment that they're haunted with this question, is this all life was designed to be? And I wanna say absolutely not. There's hope, there's an amazing life that Jesus has for you, for me. But I ask the question, what could possibly change ordinary common, even broken lives into amazing life journeys that are beyond what could be imagined. Because there is hope. Our lives can be changed. And the answer for that is in the good news of Jesus. You know, the first disciples, we've been looking at them some, but they were, you talk about common and ordinary, they were as common and ordinary as clay. I mean, just around, there was, but When you begin to look at their lives, when they obeyed the call to follow Jesus, their lives were changed into something and transformed into something so amazing and extraordinary. God used them to change the world. And it's the amazing good news. And Jesus wants to do that for you also. That's what we want. We believe God wants to hear today. God wants to do that for you. You personally, everyone that's watching, your family, your friends, everyone who will receive the good news of Jesus and follow him. He has a promise of an extraordinary, amazing life. Last week, we saw the gospel of Mark. It opens up with this verse, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The gospel is simply the good news about Jesus. And as we looked last week, that good news is for every one of us, you, me, everyone that we know. It offers the promise of life like none other. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Jesus started this ministry. It says he went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He said the time has come. It's here. The kingdom of God is near. Repent. Believe the good news. People, it's our sin that has separated us from God. Every one of us are filthy, rotten sinners to the core. But because of God's grace and love for us, he sent Jesus Christ for us. Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And now you and I, we can have life. We can have salvation through Jesus. And the disciples responding to this good news in them, we're going to see an amazing picture of what believing this good news can do do in our lives. So let's take a glimpse just in the beginning of these disciples following Jesus. In Mark 1:16 to 20, it says, Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And we looked at this phrase last week. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, a people. And it says that once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They left everything to follow Jesus. But what did they get? What did they experience? And I want us to take a glimpse at some of that today through the eyes of Mark's gospel. They were called to follow Jesus. There was an obedience in their life. There was a a commitment to really go after Jesus. People, the greatest privilege we will ever experience in our lives is we're called to follow Jesus. But they didn't get it all. They obeyed. They followed But they still never fully, they've spent their lives following Jesus, learning about him, more about him, trying to understand and comprehend who is this. They learned. They made mistakes. They had times when they misunderstood. They had times when they didn't always get Jesus. But they grew. And they never ceased to be amazed with Jesus. What are some of the things they looked at in his life I won't read all of these passages, but I encourage you to be reading in Mark 1 and 2 and 3 today as as we, uh, a little later, but follow along with me if you have your Bibles. In Mark 1, 21 to 27, right after this, Jesus went into the synagogue at Capernaum, and there on the Sabbath, Jesus began to teach. And it says that the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. When Jesus began to speak and his word was going out, people, his word has a way of getting inside people. When Jesus speaks in the word of God, there's something about it that begins to grip our hearts. It's powerful. Their hearts were gripped by the message of Jesus. It's like we never heard it like this. And when we begin to, to listen to Jesus' word and sit with that, it will grip our hearts. It will challenge us. It will get a hold of us. But interesting, in that synagogue setting, that while Jesus was sp- speaking this word, There was a man there. The Bible says he was possessed by a demon. Notice what happened. While Jesus is speaking, this man begins to cry out. And he says, what do you want to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But people, Jesus doesn't want his advertising coming from the devil. And Jesus immediately looked at him and he said, silence, come out of him. And the man was set free. What's so amazing in this is that when, when, when he, this was a man that regularly went to synagogue, but he still was possessed by a demon. But somehow that day, when the word of God went out, his heart was gripped in such a powerful way. People made the word of God go out in such a way that people are not comfortable, that the demons will respond, and people's lives will will respond. We can't just be comfortable around that. But it's amazing that here was a man, probably week after week, was in the synagogue, and he was unmoved. But that day, when Jesus spoke the word, the demons reacted. They responded to all of that. The demons fought back. Dr. George Wood, one of our, our former superintendent, he said this. He said, there are evils so deep only God can deliver. Think about that. That man was bound by Satan only God can set him free. In Mark 5, we'll later, we'll read of a man that the Bible says, and he was possessed by a legion of demons. He was so filled with demons, but Jesus spoke the word and set him free. And there are some who are listening today, and maybe you're not possessed by demons, but people, there's still a word for us here, because deep down, there's a cry to be free from destructive and life-controlling behaviors or addictions. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've done this, and I can't seem to get free. People, Jesus can set you free. Jesus can set you free. He has power over everything that can bind our lives. And that day the disciples saw the authority of Jesus in his teaching, in his word, and he has authority over every evil thing that would come against our lives or bind us. That's who Jesus Christ is. Right after that, Mark 1:29 to 34 these disciples after synagogue, they went to Simon's home there in Capernaum, had the opportunity a few years ago to be in that synagogue that stands there at Capernaum, that the ruins are still there, and to see nearby where Peter's home was at. And and. And these disciples and that little group, and you can imagine James and John and Peter and, and, and Andrew, they're going home that day and they take Jesus. And that just amazes me. Jesus isn't just out among the crowds. He wanted to go home and people, isn't it exciting? Jesus wants to step into your home today. He wants to encounter you. He wants to meet us where we're at. And he went into that home that day, but when they got there, Simon's mother-in-law, She was desperately sick with a high fever. Mark says she had a fever. Luke says she had a high fever. And this was a woman. She was so sick. She she was just beside herself. And Jesus looks at her. He's moved with compassion. And he goes over to her. And he takes her by the hand. And he helps her up. And the fever left her. And she began to serve and minister and wait on them. It's an amazing thing. Because Jesus, when he... Out of his compassion and love, what I see over and over in Mark is that Jesus touched people personally. He stepped into this home and he touched that woman, somebody that would be overlooked, especially in a culture like that. Women were way down the line in importance in that culture. And Jesus saw that woman and he took her by the hand and moved with compassion. He raised her up. People and her life was never the same. Over and over and over, I'm convinced when you look at these stories in the book of Mark or throughout the gospels, they're not just stories of miracles and let's go do that. These are stories where Jesus encountered people in a personal way because he loves them. He cares about them. He wants to set people free. It's an amazing thing. Jesus loves you. He loves me. And when we encounter Jesus, he wants to do it in such a life-changing way that we're never the same. And how many of us can say, I remember this place or that place where I encountered Jesus. We can go back to it. We can picture it. We remember what was going on. We remember what was said when Jesus touches our lives in a powerful way. And that way, that day, Jesus touched Simon's mother in law He got up and ministered to them. The disciples watched that. They're just starting to follow Jesus. They see the authority of his word. They see the authority of him to be able to cast out demons. He has authority over sickness. This is who Jesus is. They're amazed with him. Wow. As we move on from there, we begin to see, and there were others that night. The whole town, it seems like, is coming out, and Jesus began to minister to them at the close of the Sabbath. Wow. Kept ministering. But interesting enough, after all of that ministry, Jesus slipped out early in the morning and he went to a place where he could get alone and seek the Father and be with the Father and hear him. We see this in 35 to to 39. It's a solitary place where he could be alone and he prayed. And Simon and these other disciples, they come looking for Jesus and they're all excited and they're going, Lord, you got to get this. Man, there's such a crowd. You got to come back there. This is exciting. Man, this is awesome. They're waiting for miracles. They're waiting for you to do stuff. Let's get back there. This is amazing. And Jesus said, you know, let's go somewhere else. That doesn't even make sense to us. Let's go to nearby villages so I can preach there also because that's why I came. People, Jesus, understood that the crowd that were coming that day, they weren't seeking Jesus to turn to him with repentant hearts and go after him. They just wanted Jesus to bless them and meet a need in their life so they could go on. But Jesus' priority was to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, to call people to repentance. Jesus came to bring us into relationship with himself. So he began to go throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues, driving out demons, healing people, but bringing the good news of the gospel. But after that, we're not told exactly where this happens. There's an interesting story here in Mark 1:40 and following that. And I want to read this one today. It says, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. If you're willing, you can make me clean. I want us to try to get into the life of this man. I mean, here's a man that has leprosy. And people in that culture and in that day, leprosy and other skin diseases that were incurable, people had to leave their families. They had to go out, be alone. They would spend the rest of their lives like that, alone and trying to to get by. And when people were, were around, they had to cover their face and they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Nobody could touch them. Can you imagine what it was like if this man had been married and now separated? He couldn't hug his wife. He couldn't hug his kids he couldn't receive that touch from other people here's a man who's desperate he says all the hope is gone in his life but he's desperate and he's heard about Jesus and he comes and he gets down on his knees and he's begging him and he says Lord if you're willing you can make me clean and the Bible says filled with compassion Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man he said I'm willing be clean It says immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus told him to go at once with a strong warning. Don't tell this to other people. Go to the synagogue. Offer the sacrifices that you need to with the priests. But the man didn't do that. He went out and got the word all over. But because of that, Jesus couldn't openly minister after that. But what I want us to get is that Jesus is moved with compassion for the marginalized for the people in our culture that no one will touch, for the untouchables, the people that we ignore, we, 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 we turn away, we, we look away from because their needs seem so desperate, they seem so hurting, so God, and Jesus heard the cry of that man and touched him. He's never the same. Wow. One more story I want to share today. It's in the first 12 verses of Mark 2. And again, we find Jesus going to Capernaum, and people were gathering around the house in the area where Jesus is at and ministering, and it's such a large crowd that there were four people that took a man who was paralyzed, paralytic. They carried him on a mat. They didn't know what to do, so they take the stairs on the side going up to the roof, and those things can be covered with, with straw or sticks or various kinds of things, and these guys began ripping open the roof. And they take that mat and they lower it down to Jesus. It's an absolutely amazing scene. And they're looking at it. And and, and when it gets down there, Jesus is watching their faith. And he looks at this man who's paralyzed. I mean, everybody can see why he's there. He wants to be healed. And Jesus said something that surprised everybody. He looked at him and he said, son, your sins... Are forgiven. The greatest need in this life that day was to come into right relationship with the Father, to know the forgiveness of sins. It doesn't matter what our background people, who we are, every one of us is sin. And that when we come to Jesus, we can experience the forgiveness of sins. But the, the religious leaders and those that are around, they're beginning to see this guy's blaspheming. Who in the world does he think nobody can forgive sins but God only? That's the point. Jesus is God, God's son. And he looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. What an amazing thing. Wow. Wow. Think about this. Jesus Has the power and the authority, not just to heal, but to forgive sins. What do we learn today? There's no greater privilege than to follow Jesus. He's the Son of God. People count the cost. It's worth it. The disciples left everything. Count the cost. Whatever holds or attracts our life, let's let go of that so we can follow Jesus. God didn't just call these disciples or other famous people in the world like Billy Graham or other great believers. He has an amazing plan for your life too. Every day, every hour, every moment. And that life is found in following Jesus. God is calling us to be amazed with Jesus. May we never lose our amazement with him. We're called to follow him. Think about it. Francis Chan puts this so well. He said, this is a call to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, God's son. He's the one who created us. He's the one who became flesh to reveal to us the Father. He's the one saying, follow me. People, this is huge. This is amazing. I mean, who could ever imagine this? It's bigger than we could comprehend. God's son is saying, follow me. Too many people are acting like they're trying to fit Jesus' calling into their lives already. You know, just kind of take Jesus and then I'll go on and live my life. We can't do that. People, there are other people, they have all kinds of excuses why they can't follow Jesus or they ignore his calling. Somebody once said that an excuse is only a reason in the skin of a lie. There's no excuse or reason to not say yes to Jesus. To call his call to follow him. Francis Chan went on to say this, Jesus calling is not some obscure, vague idea of believing in Jesus. Too many people have the idea today that we're too casual about it. Well, I prayed a prayer. I've got Jesus in my heart. I've given my heart to him. So now I can go to heaven. How in the world can we take Jesus so casually and say something? Well, I think the Lord might have some kind of calling for me to do. People, who are we kidding? This is Jesus, the Son of God, and he's calling you and I. People, we need to drop everything and go. Please don't see Jesus as some kind of little interruption in our life. Rather, we need to say, are we kidding ourselves? He's called people today. The call to follow Jesus is amazing. But to follow him, we have to let go of anything that holds our lives. I want to invite you today, you that are watching and joining us by video or online, live today, I want to invite you. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking and drawing hearts today to say, you need Jesus. He's absolutely amazing. Think of who's calling. There's nothing greater And to say, Lord, I want that life in you. I want to know you. I want to know your forgiveness. I want to follow you. And right there, you can pray that prayer. Commit your life to Jesus. We don't have to understand it all. We don't have to get all. Just determine I'm going after Jesus and he will help you, and we want to help you in your walk in Jesus. But ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, make you a new person, and help you to follow him with everything in your heart, in your life. And I can guarantee you'll discover a life that is absolutely more than amazing. Let me pray with you today. Father, speak to hearts. I know you're speaking to hearts. Right there, Lord, help people to say yes to you, Lord. You're saying, follow me. Follow me. Turn from your own ways and follow me. Right there, Lord, where people are making that decision, may you reveal yourself to them. Speak to them. Bring your life, your peace, your hope, your salvation, your forgiveness. Give them a new life in you.